five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition and liftoff of NASA's New Horizons spacecraft on a decade-long voyage to visit the planet Pluto and then beyond. Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields. Hello, thanks for joining us today for your online coffee break. Today I'd like to welcome to our show my special guest, Dr. Alan Stern. Dr. Stern is the principal investigator of the New Horizons mission, leading NASA's exploration of the Pluto system and the Kuiper Belt. A planetary scientist, space program executive, aerospace consultant, and author, he has participated in over two dozen scientific space missions. Dr. Stern has joined us today to discuss his new book, Chasing New Horizons, Inside the Epic First Mission to Pluto. Welcome to the program, Dr. Stern. Well, thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Dr. Stern, your new book, Chasing New Horizons, is awesome. I, I just never knew how hard it had been to finally get this mission off the ground. Now, with the many roadblocks that you and your team encountered, you persisted. Your passion with Pluto is evident. But I wanted to ask, what inspired you to want to explore Pluto? Pluto fascinated us scientifically, but when the Kuiper Belt was discovered, this third zone of the solar system out beyond the giant planets, and we found that there were other small planets orbiting out there like Pluto, Mm -hmm. it became obvious that uh, by going to Pluto, we could learn about a whole new class of objects, and that there was scientific gold in that. And there was another element, too, you know, the farthest exploration in the history of humankind, kind of the last train to Clarksville, the only unexplored planet, all those (laughs) kind of went into the, the soup, if you will, into the stew mm-hmm. uh, that got it ranked number one on the priority list for NASA and ultimately funded by Congress and uh, administration. Wow, and, and that was a long story in itself. But one thing that really intrigued me, too, is you put a lot of thought into the New Horizons name. Can you describe a little bit about how you came up with that? <laughs> yeah, happy to. You know, when NASA decided to uh, explore Pluto, it conducted a competition among uh, science and engineering teams in the United States for who would design and build a spacecraft and fly it across the solar system. And our team formed in late uh, the year 2000, late in the year 2000, and uh, we wanted to brand the project with a really good name. And uh, it took a long time to get one, but we ultimately named it New Horizons because, after all, that's what we were going to do, is go see new horizons, mm-hmm. to go exploring. And uh, it took a long time to find a good name. We had a lot of suggestions, and none quite, you know, really resonated. Uh, but uh, New Horizons ended up uh, our first choice, and uh, it's really worked out, and uh, uh, I'm glad you like it. Oh, we love it. It's a wonderful name. Now, Another story that intrigued me is many of us are familiar with the typical go or no-go commands during a launch. As principal investigator, you were faced with a difficult situation on one of the initial launch attempts when Mission Control APL was on backup power. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Um, on our second launch attempt, the first launch attempt, we had to stand down at the end of that because the winds were too high down in Florida to launch the rocket. And then uh, uh, on the second launch attempt, the same uh, weather front 
that had bedeviled us um, in Florida had now crossed uh, through the, the East Coast and in Maryland, where our mission control is, it had knocked out power. And uh, mission control was operating on a, a backup generator. And uh, I was worried that because it was the first you know, the first day for the spacecraft that we launched it, that uh, if we had no backup to our backup, if that backup power generator would fail, I was worried that, uh, you know, the spacecraft could be in trouble and we might not be able to rescue it right. for mission control. So when it got time to launch, uh, I voted no go and stopped the launch because I wasn't comfortable with that. Uh, we did launch uh, on the third try a couple days after that on the 19th of January 2006, and everything worked just great. But, you know, one of the aspects of New Horizons is that, that we, we only are flying one of them. It's not like the old days when NASA would fly two spacecraft uh, on each expedition in case right. one failed. Mm-hmm. We had no backup. We had no backup to the rocket. We had no backup to the spacecraft. Everything had to work. And from my perspective, you know, after 2,500 people had worked more than a decade to make this happen, I wasn't about to risk it just to launch uh, with risk. And we did stand down, and then uh, we did finally launch it, and it worked just great. Yes, it did. Now, Dr. Stern, a lot of our listeners are in the software field, like me. You know, So we squash software bugs all the time. But I certainly haven't experienced the pressure your team did when New Horizons was approaching Pluto. Plus, you had to take into account the nine-hour one-way travel time for signals to reach the spacecraft. Can you explain a little bit more about those challenges? Yeah, you know... Uh, the speed of light is very fast, 186,000 miles per second. Mm-hmm. But Pluto's very far away, over 3 billion miles away. And as you say, if you work the math out, it's nine-hour communications time. And that means if something goes wrong, we don't know about it for many hours. And if we want to uh, instruct the spacecraft how to get out of trouble, that takes many more hours. And, uh, and so it's like playing a, a very complicated, very high-tech chess game with long delays between the moves on the board. And uh, very few space missions have gone out this far. In fact, really only a couple before us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and none with the kind of uh, modern computing and software that's aboard New Horizons. The older ones had been built in the 70s. And so we were really doing something that was unlike any other modern space mission uh, with these long uh, communications delays. Well, it was certainly worth that effort. When you first saw a picture from New Horizons where the resolution was much better than Hubble. What did you think? You know, my, I remember thinking how proud I was of that team of people that had worked so hard and under such adverse circumstances that had uh, overcome so many hurdles, that had broken so many barriers in terms of how quickly we built the spacecraft, how low cost we were able to do it. Uh, that we were able to fly that single spacecraft all the way across the solar system for almost 10 years mm-hmm. without a, a serious problem that uh, kept us from our goal. I just felt pride. I just felt that my team deserved this. Pluto was spectacular scientifically, and we accomplished everything we set out to, and those first images were just emotionally satisfying because, I, you know, there were people on our team that were literally in tears when when they saw those first images come down and there were lots of hugs and 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 lots of people jumping up and down literally it's um it was our super bowl you know <laughs> it couldn't have been better no it was truly amazing what surprised you the most about the discoveries made by new horizons so far you know i'd say there are a couple things 
One was that uh, no one really expected uh, that a small planet like Pluto could be as geologically diverse as it is. The, the general rule of thumb that smaller places are generally, uh, you know, show less uh, diversity of geologic processes. And Pluto turned out to just be a wonderland with glaciers and ravines and soaring mountains the size of the Rockies and uh, brand new young terrains that had just been created yesterday geologically and ancient terrains that were four billion years old and polar caps and, and I could go on and just really nobody expected that a small planet could have such a strong personality. And we kind of rewrote the textbooks on that by exploring Pluto. Now, I understand that New Horizons is going to be brought out of hibernation soon as it prepares to hone in on Kuiper Belt Object MU69 on New Year's Day 2019. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Spacecraft is, uh, is doing great. It's, uh, it's flying at about uh, almost a million miles a day towards that intercept on uh, New Year's Day 2019. We'll take it out of hibernation on the 4th of June and start spacecraft preparations for the flyby. The flyby itself begins in the middle of August, uh, and then, as I said, it culminates you know, with swooping right down on the deck of MU-69, a billion miles farther out than Pluto. At 12.33 in the morning Eastern time, 33 minutes into the new year, so uh, you can tell your listeners to uh, spend their New Year's Eve with NASA and watch this exploration. I know we'll all be glued <laughs> to our computers and watching that. Dr. Stern, this is just incredible what, what you've done and what your team has done. I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to uh, join me today. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a complete pleasure. And thanks for, uh, for doing this interview. I'm uh, very happy to see the interest in this book. Uh, it's a long story, and it was a lot of work to put the book together. And I'm just tickled that uh, people are interested in it because I think it's an amazing story. Online Coffee Break. It simply blows my mind whenever I see the photos from Pluto and its moons from the New Horizons mission, especially when you realize all the people and the years of effort behind it. Dr. Stern's new book, Chasing New Horizons, is a fantastic read and even includes a section with full-color photos of the mission along with the incredible story. For more information about Dr. Stern, you can follow him on Twitter at Alan Stern. You've been listening to your online coffee break. If you'd like to comment on today's topic or subscribe to the series, visit us at onlinecoffeebreak.com or on facebook.com forward slash online coffee break. You can also follow us on instagram.com forward slash online coffee break or just search on iTunes. Thanks again for listening today. See you next time.